Hello and welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Kathy. I'm Melissa. And I'm Jimmy. We are back with an awesome treat for you guys. Please join us in welcoming a very special guest. She's a Gemini award-winning actress, singer, songwriter, model, producer, and director. She starred in many memorable films and TV shows like Instant Star and Final Destination 3. But we know her best as the lead of So Weird Season 3. We are so pleased to be talking with Alex Johnson. Hi, what a great introduction. Oh my gosh, I'm a model now? Oh my goodness, <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, this is exciting. Like, um, I'm so happy that, you know, um, there's this, you know, there's still this love for this like classic show that was such a part of my life. It's kind of like I'm going back in time right now. So thank you for that opportunity. Yeah, it's like 20 years ago. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> so, okay, so we'll start off with the questions. This is from another uh, member of our podcast that couldn't be here today. His name is Zach. His question is, how did you first become interested in singing and acting? And how did you get involved in So Weird specifically? Um, okay, so... Basically, when I was younger, I wasn't necessarily interested in um, acting so much. I was very interested in, in singing and music. Like I was doing choir in elementary school and doing singing lessons. And I really gravitated towards like, you know, Barbara Streisand and like the musical Les Mis and Celine Dion. And um, acting just wasn't really on the, um, I, it wasn't really a calling for me. and. Before I got so weird, um, I'd actually gone to an agent in my small town. I kind of walked in and I just said, look, like I want to sing and I don't know where to go to make this happen. And I was kind of doing like town fairs and stuff like that. And um, I had won some like, you know, call in competitions and stuff um, like for the Canucks. I won the anthem um, to sing at the Canucks game, which was huge for me at like 12. Um, and he basically was like, wow, like you have this kind of interesting personality. And I was very like straightforward and kind of goofy. And at that point he just said, I'm going to get, you know, we talked to my mom and he said, I'm interested in getting your daughter into auditions. So I didn't even know what that world was about. Like I was, I was doing, um, you know, commercials and um, I was, I think Staples commercials and the Hasbro toy commercial. And, and um, I kind of got the hang of it pretty quick, but again, you know, I always, I always was curious about any roles that would come my way that involved singing and music, you know, something like that. And when So Weird came along, it was such a long shot. Like, I was just a girl from a small town, British Columbia. I had no idea that, um, you know, I would even be on the shortlist to be in the Disney series. And I was flown down. Um, I did an audition. Uh, I think downtown Vancouver. And then after that, I think my tape went to LA and Henry Winkler saw my tape and was like, let's fly her down. And I was just, yeah, up against, I think about four other girls, maybe five for um, the part of Annie and um, screen tested and, and just went home and basically went back um, to my small town and was like, you know, um, like what are the odds of, you know, a girl like me you know, from a middle-class family, an amazing family, but a hardworking family, you know. Um, we didn't really have any ins with the industry at all. 
I didn't have parents in the industry. I had no uncle or aunt in the industry. And I was like, what are the odds of me actually getting this role? So I kind of let it go. Went back to, um, you know, to my normal classes at school and playing basketball and sports. And, and then all of a sudden I got this phone call and this bouquet of flowers arrived at the house. Massive, like the biggest amount of flowers I've ever seen. And it said, you know, congratulations on, you know, being our Annie. And then from that day on, I was just like, this is, it was like, it was crazy. So that's kind of the, I guess, long story. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Uh, I always think the Henry Winkler connection was so weird is uh, it's so cool. Cause he, you know, I guess you wouldn't think that he's part of this uh, little show. Yeah, I know it's, uh, yeah. And even like just the connection of having Mackenzie Phillips, like she is such mm -hmm. a, like, she's so iconic. Um, you know, it was a real special show. Like there were some incredible writers a part of the show and actors a part of that show. And and it even led, like that show specifically led to me um, landing uh, the role of Jude Harrison. And I don't know if people actually know that, um, but I worked, Belinda Metz, um, who played the manager on that show uh, to Mackenzie Phillips. What was her character's name again at the top of my head? Irene. Irene, that's right. Irene, uh, Belinda Metz, who played Irene. Um, yeah, like she basically uh, was friends with the executive producers of Degrassi. And she she was the one who actually got me an audition for Instant Star. I was like, I didn't even, my agent didn't even get um, like the audition information. She specifically called the executive producers Stephen and Linda and said, um, I, I guess she had heard about the project and it was kind of in development. And she said, I, I know who needs to, I know who needs to play this character. And they were like, okay. And all right. It's kind of like, imagine a friend telling a friend like, Oh, I, you know, like I know the perfect person and it's not my niece or my, you know, <laughs> this girl I worked with a couple years ago on a series. Mm -hmm. and I guess they trusted her. And, um, and then I, um, with Stephanie Gorin, who's a casting director um, out of Vancouver. I am, um, yeah, I was able to put myself on tape for that. And again, um, you know, at that point in my career, I had been so close to so many things. Um, I had I um, had almost gotten the role of uh, the lead of Freaky Friday. Um, I wow. was- I never yeah, knew you were up for that. Yeah, I was up for Freaky Friday, big time. I actually did a screen test with Annette Benning for that. Oh, wow to play my mom and I, I got to meet Gary Marshall and um, and Mark Waters was the director of that. And he personally called me and said that, you know, I really am gonna fight for you for this, but it sounds like there's an actress who has a previous deal with Disney. I think she had um, like a couple movie deals with Disney, which was the amazing Lindsay Lohan. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so yeah, I had gone through it so many times at that point in my acting career, I'd been so used to like getting close to things. So you just couldn't get really too excited. But I felt in my heart like Instant Star was something that, you know, if they just checked out my tape, you know, and they kind of gave me a chance that it kind of felt a bit kismet, that character. But long story short, Belinda met, made it possible for me to even be on that series. That's wow. so cool. I always felt like Jude was made for you. Yeah, Jude, right? I know. Isn't that funny how like you can, and that's why I always feel like in the industry, it's so important that you you treat people with the utmost respect in, in all circumstances because it's interesting how many people are watching as you kind of go along your journey. And I always, like my mom always told me, you know, the same people you meet on the way up are the same people you meet on the way down. So it's, 
And I think that's so true because it's like, you know, life moves on and it was so great working with Belinda and she remembered me as a kid. And like, how cool is that? You know, like she must have thought that I, I, you know, I took the job seriously and, you know, I was very responsible. And so those things, I don't know, it kind of stuck with me in my career that like people can make things happen for you, you know, so try to keep your relationships strong and intact in the industry. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. Mm -hmm, you're welcome. Uh, getting back to So Weird and thinking about Annie Thalen, if you could pick any song that could capture the spirit of Annie, what song would you pick? Like outside of the show or mm -hmm. within the show? Oh, outside of the show of Annie? Oh my goodness. That's like, that's not an easy question. I know. It's my favorite one to ask. <laughs> okay. Let me think about that. Let's go back to that question because- Okay. Yeah, that's like, I there's, I love a lot of songs, so I'd have to give that some thoughts. Let's come back to that. <laughs> All, right. All right. This next question is from Emily, another co-host of ours who couldn't be here tonight. Have you ever experienced anything supernatural? And if not, what's the weirdest thing that has ever happened to you? Um, I mean, not really. I feel like, I feel like in my own life, stuff like that doesn't really, like, follow me. Like, my older sister has some crazy stories and Friends of mine have stories like extreme circumstances of like literally seeing like aliens and like in their like dr like crazy stuff like that. Um, but for me, I would just say really strong senses of deja vu. Like I've had such strong senses that I've been like having this conversation with somebody and it's like, you know, I feel like everything kind of slows down around me and it's like weird time. I don't know, like maybe I've, I don't know, I've been in this situation before or something. And I always take that as a sign that like I'm on the right path in my life. Um, I don't know what else to take the sign as. So I just decided <laughs> that's what I'll do. But not really anything, not really anything like that. I've had more like, I look at it more like spiritual, um, you know, like I've sensed something in the room and it's always felt like more of like a positive spiritual thing around me. And I've, I've questioned if that's like my grandma or um, people, you know, just like watching out for me, I guess kind of like Annie, you know, she always had that kind of feeling and her cancer was there, but I don't have like an animal, uh, so to speak, but I definitely, yeah, I feel a strong sense of like, I'm being taken care of, you know, and what that is specifically, I don't know, but, but I guess that's the closest thing I could say when it comes to that. Nice. So you had talked about working with the cast and crew. Uh, how is it like uh, working with them, especially Mackenzie Phillips and singing some songs with her? Oh, it was amazing. Like, you know, she was just like, so um, Mackenzie was such a, a light, like working with her. She had been through so much in her life um, that I feel like she was so giving with everybody around her. Um, and I learned a lot being a young actress, just watching her and doing scenes with her. Um, and obviously I studied her discography and, or like her filmography, like all the stuff that she had done, um, both uh, from music to acting. And, you know, I think um, I just very quickly just developed a lot of respect for Mackenzie for all the stuff that she'd pulled through in her life. And I really do believe that when it comes to emoting in your music and in film and TV, you know, I do think that some of the greatest actors and musicians really do go through some of the hardest turmoils. Cause I think it, you know, I don't think it's possible to like really touch people's spirits without, you know, having some kind of like um, some stuff that you've gone through to get to that place so you can share with them. I think people are really smart that way and they can kind of sense. So when I worked with Mackenzie, it was like, 
you know, I really just sense that um, that people can go through so much in their life yet still like literally be heroes for other people. And that's what, yeah, so working with her was at such a young age, amazing, like just incredible. So this question is kind of writer to writer, since I'm actually currently writing a book in which the main character is like a busking, traveling musician. So music is very uh, intertwined with the story, mm -hmm. but I've never really written songs. So I'm uh, wondering, how would you describe your songwriting process and what advice would you uh, give to someone who would like to get into writing music? Um, well, wow, the first thing I'd say is start journaling and start writing down like, no matter, like don't give yourself any rules, even if you think it's like, don't, you're, you're gonna feel stupid in moments, you're gonna feel like it's not good enough, you always feel like something's not good enough. Um, just start from a place of just writing everything down and get used to that you know like get used to just having like your morning pages where you get up and you have a cup of coffee and whatever's on your mind just write it and just know that you can burn that piece of paper and yeah it does not need to be anything that exists it's just a good exercise to get you into writing words and really sharing your emotion which i think is really um that's hard to do you know um so i would say start with that and then also just play your music as much as you can with people Get, grab your guitar, if someone's making dinner, you're hanging out, if there's people, don't be afraid to, um, I mean, you know, don't like be the annoying person who always has the guitar either, who's, you know, but like gauge the situation and be like, you know, you'll yeah. be used to kind of like, you know, getting reactions from people and, 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 and people going, wow, like that's really beautiful. And that in itself will give you just a little bit more confidence to kind of feel like, you know, this isn't as complicated as I thought it was, you know, maybe if I just get out of my head a bit and I start just like being fearless, like I just write what I feel and sing what I feel, then, you know, there's, there's room for that. And people have so much room for that. How often would you hear somebody's, you know, if they opened up to you, majority of the time you're thankful for them opening up to you. Yeah. No one's there to critique or criticize when somebody's just at the beginning stages of of that creativity it's beautiful to witness so just know that like in your own way you are you know you're giving a gift to other people even by sharing that because we need we need more of that in this world you know yeah yeah so good job <laughs> thank you alex um so my questions you have to forgive me if my questions are neither here nor there um but i assure you they mean a lot to me and they mean a lot to your longtime fans um i have clarification questions about some of your previous projects that i've been wanting to ask you for a long time um this first question i have i did actually ask you this privately when i saw you in 2012 during your skipping stone tour the first time i got to see you um but some fans are still posting this song under your name and um i guess still believe that it's you but um could you clarify if you've ever recorded your own version of what you do with your voodoo the molly phillips song did you ever create a version yourself what you do with your voodoo. I would have to hear the song to be honest. Um, I don't, I don't recall ever singing that song. Um, does it sound like me when you listen to it? It sounds a little bit like you, like a demo. It's that what you do, what you do with your voodoo. Remember that? And did you ever record a version? Well, I know it might be hard. No, not you. That's definitely not me. In fact, <laughs> 
No, that's not me. I never, I never sang that. That's Mackenzie's song. And in fact, that sounds like it's either Mackenzie, from what I can hear, or it's a demo singer that was, you know, basically singing a demo to Mackenzie to then sing the song. That's what I thought. Good job, you little detectives. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Yeah, I think it was a demo singer that sounds in between of you and Mackenzie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she has a great voice, but no, I could tell right away it's not me. But let's debunk that as soon as possible. <laughs> Thank you so much for your advice to Melissa. As an English teacher, I love your journaling advice. It's so precious and important. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet to hear. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, look, we're all in this together, right? We're all yeah. on this planet. I'm taking it day by day, and I think it's important to hear that kind of, you know, it's the advice that I, I'm thankful for getting in my life when I was younger, you know? Yeah, thanks so much for passing it along. Of course. All right. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. And then the next question from Zach is, what was it like stepping into the iconic comic character of Saturn Girl for your appearance on Smallville? Oh my gosh, I felt like it was a whole different school of acting and physical, like in the embodiment of physical, um, uh, like portraying a character physically. It was very challenging because I felt like I kind of had to unlearn all of my natural instinctual, when I act with my hands and your expressions and like that kind of, you know, free flow acting, I had to really restrict myself to kind of acting like a, like an action figure. I almost like I literally had to like tell myself, do not raise your arms right now. Do not like keep your face as calm and confident as possible. Like it was so against what I was used to as an actress that it was like, yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, it's a lot harder than it looks to be that stoic and mm -hmm. strong and like, you know, in every scene, you're kind of like a cardboard cutout, you know? So I have so much respect for like, actors that have done that, you know, on the regular um, in their career, it's like, it's harder than it looks. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. Mm -hmm. And now going back to the character of Annie, when we think of Annie, it's usually not far behind from our thoughts to also think of the panther that follows Annie around. So we were wondering, did you ever think of giving the panther a name? Because in the fandom, he came to be known as Conrad. So have you ever given him a name of your own? Or what do you think of the name Conrad for him? I love the name Conrad. I mean, he was just always like, just panther, panty, panty the panther. We just <laughs> sound like panther, you know. He was just, uh, yeah, that was, yeah, I think I called him panty. I remember, cute. oh, we're using panty again. And what's funny is that I remember I had moments on set where I got to like be in the same room as a real panther. I don't know if you guys know that. Really? Yeah. Really? So they always had for me to act to, which is so funny because I feel like in my career from Stranger With My Face to, you know, um, even moments of Devil's Diary, I feel like I've, there's been many times where I've had to act to an object. And because of this panther kind of being like the CGI being put mm -hmm. into shots, I'd always have this big stuffed panther that I would act to. They'd bring it in, like they'd have it in the room and like they'd, they'd put it there and they'd, so the camera would know where the panther was and whatever. And I actually got to keep that panther and oh, it would wow. stay on my bed for like, and I felt like it's my, it's my panther. And it would <laughs> just, you know, um, just in my bedroom for like years after So Weird, it was like this panther that I got from that show. But yeah, I got to actually see like a real life 
Panther. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Yeah. Little trivia. <laughs> I always just thought it was really bad CGI. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it shows you. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it shows you how far we've come when it comes to like, you know. Yeah. So Word was really on the cusp of doing some pretty like ballsy things at that time, you know, like using special effects. And that's why it was such a fun show to be on because it's like, put your hand in this goop and like science experiments. And like, you know, I felt like I was always kind of, it was such an exciting show to be a part of because they were always trying to, you know, do all these cool, so weird, you know, effects and stuff. And a lot of them were real effects because because CGI wasn't as great back then. So it was like, I got to see all these real effects happen all the time and great makeup and you know, all that stuff. Trying to make like the, um, what's that little gremlin child? Seeing that come to life was- Oh, the changeling. Changeling. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll never forget that line. A grotesque, outer-worldly. <laughs> I was like, what kid says outer-worldly? But Annie does, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So this next question is from Emily. What was it like filming Pen Pal, the episode where you played two different versions of Annie? Did you find it more challenging than fun or vice versa? Um, I found it kind of like, wow, that's bringing back so many memories. It was kind of like a coming-of-age episode for me because I really... I've always prided myself on being like, you know, like a good girl, especially at that age, you know, like I always kind of like, I was never like, I mean, I was like bullied in school for being, you know, first stuttering and having rosacea and then getting, you know, the lead choir positions. I was always so used to kind of being like, I, I never chose um, being aggressive or being a bully or being like as a way to kind of define myself in school situations. I'd choose like, I was friends with everybody and I always wanted to make people laugh. And I was always like, you know, I'll help you with your homework. And like, I was the girl who was like, yeah, like I'll give you my chocolate bar. Like, of course I'll give you my chocolate bar. Like it was almost to the point where it's like, I was such a giving kid that my parents had to be like, Alex, like, you know, you don't have to share so much. Like, I know you're from a big family and you have all these siblings, but you can, you know, like you, you don't have to do that. And I'm like, well, that person wanted it more than me. So when I got that character, I remember being kind of scared playing that girl because I didn't have any real I didn't have any real like background of like, I didn't know like, how do I portray this tougher girl who smokes and who's like wearing leather jackets and dark makeup. And, and at that age, you know, having the innocence of being that young, right? To portray that was kind of scary. I was kind of stepping out of my comfort zone as a young girl. But I remember, you know, like looking up some films and, um, you know, I remember just kind of studying it and it was really fun. And it also prepped me for other projects that would come later in my life. Um, you know, but yeah, at that time, it was like, it was kind of nerve wracking. I'm like, because this, this isn't who I am. And when you're that young, you're still discovering who you are as a young woman and what you identify with. And, you know, so it was kind of scary, but it was also, you know, at that age, it really kind of like, it gave me some tools that I used later in my life. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. This next question is, what were your thoughts on being the new lead on season three? And what challenges came with that, if any? Um, it was, you know, I didn't have any kind of insight. I didn't, um, I, I didn't know, and I wasn't involved with anything that had gone down previously on the show. Um, and yeah, it was, it was interesting because I was coming in on a, um, a situation that had already been kind of established, you know, it's kind of like joining a band you know, and being like a singer of a band when the band's already been a band. 
you know, for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of had to tread and kind of, you know, I had to, there, it came with a level of kind of learning as I went, like learning, you know, the acting styles of different actors and like, oh, like don't sit in that chair, that's somebody's chair, <laughs> like don't. So I kind of came in, you know, and I had to really kind of like put the pieces together quick on how it worked on that set and how they did the things that they did to make this show so great. Um, so that was like, again, you know, um, it's just total learning experience. And, um, and it was such a great cast and crew. And I really feel like they welcomed me so warmly and I never felt from anybody any kind of, you know, um, any vibe of like anyone's replacing anybody or, and even working with Kara, um, that first, uh, you know, I think it was the first episode or two that we worked together. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it was just a, it was a wonderful experience and it was really just kind of learning and watching her and learning what she, you know, because for me, I'd never been the lead of a series before um, or even on a series before I'd never been in that position of coming in and, 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 and having this much dialogue and kind of being this character um, for my age. So um, I really just learned and, and, you know, took every up every chance to just kind of like learn as much as I could in that circumstance. So, yeah, it was a big responsibility at that age. So I, I took it seriously, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. I actually wanted you to be able to talk about uh, weight a little bit, so you get a little bit of that out to our audience. Yeah. Yeah, so I have actually a series of questions. So yeah, back in April, you released your latest single, Weight, which is from an album that was meant to be released in 2009, I believe, under Epic or Sony. Uh, how did that come about? Yeah, I actually, um, that was just something that I, I had to do uh, in my life, it's an album that um, never really got to be released and the songs never got to be heard the way that I wanted them to be heard. And it was just kind of like, I have, I had the ability, um, I had the material and me and my brother just decided um, our new studio that, that we've basically um, put together in Toronto. We've really kind of, you know, decided to as brother and sister that we're going to make this happen. And, um, and we started recording. And I released Wait um, as kind of like an introduction to the next musical chapter of my life. And I have a lot of stuff I'm gonna be releasing very soon. A lot of, um, and I'm really proud of this next chapter and this music and, but like anything in life, you know, you can have the best of intentions when it comes to timelines, but, um, but life also happens. And, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's I've, I've had to allow other things to kind of take precedent in my life right now but that's not to say that things aren't moving forward and I'm not doing everything um in my power and my ability to continue with my timelines and continue with um the work um to be able to sustain this next album um, yeah and I have a lot of goodies and a lot of stuff that um I that will be that will be coming out around this time and I'm excited about it because it's it was such a hard record to re um attack at this time yeah. in my life with everything that came with it. And that's why Wait, it was so fun to release Wait as kind of like a, it's just kind of a bit of a teaser of what's, of what's to come, you know? Yeah. And I'm also wondering if uh, the tracks will be the same as what would have been on the original Wait album or if there are some new songs along with it. Oh, these are good questions. Um, uh, it's definitely not gonna be what, what I think the fans are expecting it's definitely there's a lot of there's some treats there's some there's some there's some old and there's some new 
And um, awesome. And obviously, you know, it's not going to be the same record because I'm not the same woman. It's going to be its own special, um, special thing. Awesome. I cannot wait. When do you think we can see the full album release? I mean, obviously, you won't give us an exact date now, but uh, this year, next year? I'll have a couple singles coming out um, this year. I, and I, I, I truly do, and I already am in the process of planning it. I see touring, and I see the full album release happening next year. Awesome. And, and yeah. Please come to California. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely U.S. and Canada. And um, I also want to get over to Europe. And, you know, obviously, like, this is a big record for me, you know? Like, it's like A Stranger Time was such a special album, and it was such a different process with that because I went into a studio and I recorded live off the floor, and I had written songs. Yeah. And I came in with a band, and I did the record. And it was, but this album kind of reminds me of, like, kind of what, what me and Brendan did with Voodoo. We really had gone back to the basics of, of, of recording with live instruments and also writing some new material and also lifting the songs in a way yeah. that maybe never got a chance to be because Brendan and I, we didn't, we weren't able to produce the weight record at that time. We had produced all the demos, but our vision for that record, um, you know, it was in the hands of someone else and that we, and we ended up doing a beautiful project together and that never got released. So we've kind of gone back to the drawing board and been like, what is what is the record that we wanted to release as brother and sister? You know, like what we have to put this out the way that we've always envisioned it because we owe it. Yeah, we owe it to not only you know um, our fans who care, um, we also owe it to ourselves as brother and sister writing as a writing team. So that's why it's been such a unique and long process because it, talk about perfectionism. Yeah. I, it's been like not right, not right, not right. Okay, that's good. Moving on. Uh, like you know what I mean. So it's like ah, I'm sure everybody in my in our close life is just like okay, like when is it going to be done? But right now we're in the process of getting the masters done and doing music videos. And, um, and there's a lot of other things that we're putting together right now. Yeah, I cannot wait to hear the rest of it. Yeah, well, good. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so glad. So. That was very beautiful. Um, I've definitely been watching your journey with Brendan Johnson and, and how you guys have always come together to release beautiful music for your fans. And I, for one, am extremely excited for this next chapter in both of your musical careers. I can't wait. Um, but this next question I have is not um, music related or so weird related. Again, it has to do with the previous project. Uh, just to clarify, your IMDB and your Wikipedia show that you had worked um, in 2005 on a made-for-TV film called Falcon Beach. And I purchased it. I can't spot you in it. And I just wanted you to clarify if you actually worked on Falcon Beach, the film, made-for-TV film. No, you know what's so funny is that my friend Devin Weigel, who is like, amazing and she's hilarious and please check her stuff out um she was on that show i've tried everything i've contacted imdb there's some kind of credit attached to that um it's a glitch in the system i was never on falcon beach i know the actors of falcon beach it was a really great um it was a it was a tv show actually that was um filmed in canada and no i was not on that show so another thing to clarify thank you for asking I just can't, for some reason, I can't, um, sometimes it's harder with those things like Wikipedia and IMDb to edit it yourself than it is for someone else to. 
Well, I'll, I'll take care of it for you, Alex. I'll get it off there because I, I do a lot of editing for both, uh, both websites. So um, now that I got that clarification, I will help you and take that off. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. You got it. Thank you. All right, moving on. The next question from me. You said you were from British Columbia. Um, do you still live in Canada? Um, actually, I, 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 I'm between two places right now. Um, uh, I am living um, in Canada for the moment, doing renovations at, on a property. And, um, but I also still have a residence in Brooklyn. So I kind of, I, I'm in between both places and I'm actually a dual citizen. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, it's nice to have that freedom to be able to kind of go back and forth, but I'm spending my summer up in Canada right now as we speak. Nice. Yeah, I like to ask this question to most of the people from So Weird because it was filmed in Canada. So I like to ask, like, you know, how do you like um, living in Canada? Because I've been to BC before and it's very beautiful. It's like my favorite vacation spot. Yeah, it is. Canada is beautiful. I mean, it's it's nice having the best of both worlds. Like I love being able to go down to Nashville if you're writing and going to, you know, LA. It's always great to, you know, be working on stuff in LA and and then New York, but I also love coming back because there's this, you know, I grew up on like acreage and I grew up with kind of like the quiet of, of that. And, and, you know, like I love gardening and I love being able to have the best of both worlds, you know, and um, it's really important for me. So, and for my dog. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right, and this next question is one that we kept getting over and over again. So we have a lot of fans wondering, do you have a favorite Molly Phillips song from the show? Oh man, I love the opening song of So Weird. In the Darkness? Yeah, I think it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It has this really gospel chanty, in the darkness is the light. I love that you still know it. Is the mm -hmm. light. And I think her vocal's awesome on that. So I'd say I love that one, yeah. And I came up with a song that I think would represent Annie Phelan. Yeah? Yes. And just based on her life and based on the vibe, I think it would be Life in a Northern Town by the Dream Academy. I'm writing that down. <laughs> I'm going to check it out. <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel like with her upbringing and everything Annie Phelan went through and, and I think the kind of music that she gravitated towards and just her as a... as a character. I don't know why, but I think that song kind of, to me, kind of, it represents her. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. This is another one we've been getting a lot from the fans. Have you ever listened to Mackenzie's uh, music? And if so, uh, do you have a favorite song of hers? Oh, man. I I really couldn't tell you a favorite song. I love, I think she, everything that Mackenzie has done and her voice and the way that she emotes is like, you know, I don't yeah, I have a favorite song for Mackenzie. I feel like maybe I'm just too close to, you know, having worked with her. And um, it's not like, I guess, when you can pick out a favorite, like a song from, you know, like someone that you've never really been able to meet or connect with. I just feel like her catalog of music is beautiful. Um, yeah. And I to her stuff, you know, when you get to work with people in your career, it's like everything they put out. I kind of feel like, I mean, yeah, it'd be hard for me to pick. And I hope Mackenzie... Keeps putting, keeps putting out music, you know? Yeah. I'm always waiting for him yeah. to stop thinking like, please put out another, please put out something else. I'm, I'm sure people think that about me sometimes too, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice to have people that are listening and that care about your music. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a blessing. I uh, 
I think it was like a year ago, I ha was able to track down this old commercial you had worked on called Lou or like with Lewis Rich. And um, I actually didn't know you were in a Hasbro toy commercial. And now that like totally enlightened me to be excited and want to search for it because I love all of your projects. But um, I noticed on your IMDb that you were in a commercial with Chicken Walla and I don't know what that is. And I was wondering if you could clarify if that's true and what that was. Chicken Walla, it could have been like a sandwich meat commercial. I mean, I was in, I know that I was in like a sandwich meat commercial when I was young, mm -hmm. and a snooty teenager. And I think, but I think that's been discovered somewhere. It was me. Yeah, I found it for yeah. you. Oh yeah, I know that one, but I don't. I don't know. Once again, like, oh my gosh! Like looking back that long ago, I, that doesn't sound like it rings a bell to me. I almost have questioned if there's like an actress named Alex without a Z. Mm. Um, maybe Alex Johnson, like another actress or something, because I see these projects come up, and yeah, I don't remember ever being in in that kind of commercial or doing voice for a commercial like that. So, so could I ask what was the Hasbro toy commercial that you were in? If you remember this toy it was like a weird um I, I think it was kind of like those what are those sticks that you play with as a kid and you kind of rolled it on your arms and you kind of like do you guys remember those sticks like you do tricks with them kind of like a cheerleader and it would roll off your arms and you'd catch it, it oh like a baton kind of like that yeah it was like a baton type thing for hasbro i recall but yeah i was in a hasbro commercial mm -hmm. i remember cool. And I was so young. I mean, I was so little, and there were so many toy commercials at that time. And I was like, "I'll do it. I'll do it. It's fun." And you always got a free toy out of it, so you'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. Nice. Thank you. When you're a kid, you like money. Like, I don't care. I want the free toy, and like, I want like crafty food. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so another question we got from many fans is, "What was your favorite episode and song from So Weird?" Because you're watching over me is probably it's probably one of my favorite songs. I just think the the writing of it is so beautiful. I didn't have anything to do with writing that song, and I also think that that episode mm -hmm. is beautiful. Um, the mm -hmm. whole message. I think mm -hmm. it was like yeah. I was so lucky to have that song, be able to sing it at that age. It really kind of showcased my vocals, which is so important. You know, when you're a young vocalist, and this was before I was I was just starting to write music for myself. When you're that young, to have that's why you gravitate towards um, when you're a singer the blessing of those kinds of songs because they really showcase your voice. And sometimes as a singer songwriter, you're not thinking about showcasing your voice as much as like emoting all these things that you you're just like, you want to get out. And it's almost like cathartic for you, um, hoping it's cathartic for people who are listening. But when you're just like, screw it, you know, and you, there's an amazing song that's presented to you, you're like, yeah, I'll sing that song because like, I feel it and like I can emote it and it can show my voice and to be that young to have a song like that um, when my voice was still growing and becoming you know what it was to be was a real blessing so that's probably um, my favorite episode and my favorite time actually one of my favorite moments of shooting that show was by the fire mm -hmm. and really kind of feeling out like my vocals you know yeah, I think that was definitely one of the most beautiful moments in season three of so weird Aww. <laughs> Right, and then this next question is from Flavio on Twitter. Alex, would you ever make a song in collaboration with Mackenzie? Oh, of course I would. Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, Mackenzie Phillips, uh, Lori McKenna is also an amazing artist. Um, the list could go on. Yeah, uh, absolutely I would. 
Awesome. She's so she's so cool. Um, I I hope you guys. I don't know if you guys have had the opportunity to meet her in person, but um, she's so awesome. She really is, and she's still supporting. Like I'll I'll post things, and she's always right there to kind of you know be a um, a voice for people. And I think that that's so beautiful. Oh yeah, I follow her on Twitter, and all the works that she's doing is amazing. And I love that she is still so supportive of the so weird fandom. Isn't that? I know. Me too. <laughs> it's the history. You can't forget about the history. Yeah. I want them to bring it back on Netflix or something. That would be so cool. Us you know, too. You know, <laughs> like on that new Disney thing. Yeah, sure. Like my so-called live shows that you look at from the past, Twilight Zone. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Twin Peaks. You know, stuff like that. Or just like these. I think it's um just gives you some history. You know, of like these actors and from the past. So it's so cool. So, Alex, could we ask, um, a couple other actors that we've had on have mentioned, they've stated that they received some residuals from Disney. Could we ask, have you received any residuals lately from Disney? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I think there's stuff like that usually just goes through my, my business and my accountants. I'd have to kind of double back on that to see. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, one of the... There is protection for actors, which is great. When something gets played and replayed, um, as it should, usually, you know, there's accountability for companies to pay out actors, which I think is important. Um, so at the end of the day, should So Weird ever get picked up on a bigger platform or something, that would be so cool. Cause like that could get played again. And, um, you know, my gosh, it would bring back so many memories. I haven't seen an episode of So Weird in a long time, not gonna lie. But I'm kind of like, I guess I'm saving it for a day where, I don't know, maybe it gets, yeah, maybe it gets played again on a network or who knows how, how it works. But I mean, hey, let me put it this way. If Disney wants to, you know, send funds to support my music career, I'm 100% down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This question is from Laura S. on Twitter. It's actually something I've been curious about, too. Were you a fan of the show before you were cast? I didn't grow up having Disney Channel. Um, where I grew up in Canada. Yeah. I had like Pingu. I had um, like the Friendly Giant, Polka Dot Shorts. Um, I had The Young and the Restless that I'd be lucky to watch with my mom. I'd sneak like five minutes and then run off. <laughs> I didn't have, um, we had like cable television, you know, and like, um, like Canadian broadcasting shows that I would watch and stuff and documentaries. So I didn't grow up watching and, you know, having that kind of um, TV. So yeah. it took me going down to LA and like, you know, it, I had to, even when um, it's so weird when I was on, like, it wasn't playing in Canada for my friends to see. Like, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like when I went back to school after doing so weird, I wanted to play sports in high school. And I wanted to experience high school because I'd done homeschooling. And I went back to high school and they would go get like a teen bot magazine. And in Canada, once in a while, I'd be in a teen bot magazine. And it wasn't something that the kids were like, oh, this is so cool. In Canada, it was like, it was almost like, I don't know, kids are really mean. They almost had this, they didn't know what it was. And they were like, haha, you're in this magazine. And I'd be like, yeah, like, what are you doing? Um, and I remember as like a young girl being like, you know, like these small, like Canada, being in like a smaller town in Canada, these these kids couldn't fathom, like, wait a second, you know, so the, I never really got to share, you know, these episodes um, with my 
with my classmates or my friends because it wasn't something that was being aired in, in Canada. It was being, then I'd go to the States and I'd get like stopped. It was such a weird um, transition because I'd be, I'd go down for like work and doing commercials and stuff for Disney and I'd get recognized everywhere in the States. I'd get like kids coming up to me and parents and um, photographs and people like swarming outside of like a mall or like outside of, you know, um, and, but in Canada, it was not like that. So I never got that kind of like superstar experience of, you know, there was no chance of things ever getting to my head because I was very quickly, you know, back in high school with kids that, you know, dealing with like, that wasn't, it wasn't a part of my um, experience as a kid. I still kind of had to like, you know, get through it. Like we all have to get through it. I, I couldn't, you know, it wasn't like I got a free, get out of jail free card because I was on TV. Um, I just basically was like, yeah, it's different in the States. Like kind of who I am and they'd go, oh, cool. Moving on now. Let's talk about, let's go to the corner store and get ourselves a lollipop and move on with our day. <laughs> you know? That is actually really weird considering it was shot in Canada. You'd think it would air there too, but yeah right i know it's just it's the way it goes networks and you know all that stuff so next question is also from laura and uh, she asks uh what do you think of the shift between the second season and the third if you uh, know how dark it was in the first few seasons um well okay that's interesting because i actually want i have a different perspective on that because i watched the first two seasons after i filmed the third season. So for me, um, you know, my connection to the show was stronger having worked with these actors and the storylines and the writers and all of that stuff. So, I mean, by default, my favorite season is going to be the one that I experienced um, being a part of. But seeing the progression of how the story went um, and the writing, um, I mean, I really enjoyed the first two seasons. And I think all the actors were phenomenal. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I'd seen some episodes before I came in. But my storyline was supposed to be, my storyline as Annie Phelan wasn't supposed to know the history um, of where I didn't want to kind of like have too much knowledge on, on Mackenzie's family and, 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 um, and Fee. And, you know, I wanted to come in kind of like fresh, like just when I, that door is opened and I'm this burst of energy and, you know, basically coming from the woods. Um, so I, I made a choice to not watch those two seasons until I was done, until the show was done. When I saw it, it was really okay. fun to be see the progression of the writing in the show. Well, that makes sense. Thank you. So the ones that I ask everybody um, that joins our podcast is um, if, you know, So Weird ever had some type of revival, you know how a lot of shows are happening right now, um, would you ever consider coming back to the role as Annie? Oh, my gosh. Like, that kind of stuff is so cool to see because like of course you would why would you not i mean and obviously i'd be playing annie older and annie mm -hmm. has in her life and and um all that stuff is so fun and i love how that's coming back i think it's just because there's so much good material from the past and mm -hmm. you know I think people aren't necessarily always into seeing you know some big blockbuster marvel film or you know i think it's fun to i mean even with stranger things you know it's like it's an homage to you know the 80s Mm -hmm. and, and as we're all getting older and experiencing life, we have memories of a time and like the 2000s and the 90s, I guess for me, um, you know, kind of like lightly. But yeah, I would, I'd be, of course, that would be so cool for sure. Yeah, especially with how good the writing was in that show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the last question is, 
What are your thoughts about how So Weird still has many passionate fans who still talk about the show? And is there anything you want to say to all the fans? Um, always, it's always so fun to see people, you know, be able to identify and, and be a part of a community um, with projects, uh, projects that I've worked on. There's so many different communities I see from Smallville to Instant Star, um, So Weird, Final Destination. Um, it's always, um, oh, that's my dog, Edie. Aw, Edie. Yeah, it's always, you know, it's been, it's, it's, a, it's really cool to see, you know, um, fans connect through the work that you do. That's obviously why we're driven to do the work because that's like one of the biggest blessings. And the, what's cool about social media, even though a lot of bad things are happening, like bullying and, and um, which I think is sad and that needs to be addressed hugely. Um, I also feel like it's beautiful to see people like yourselves coming together and getting away and, um, you know, finding healthy ways of getting away from how hard the world can be. And having passions like this, I think is a hell of a lot better than you know, anything else, it's hard out there and it's a hard world. So I will always be an advocate for the fun of film and TV and music. And, and I want to be able to give people a release from their day-to-day -day life. So I'm, I feel so lucky that I get to be a part of this, you know? So that's what I'd say for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. It really touches my heart every time we talk to somebody from So Weird because it's clear how close everybody and how strongly everybody feels about this show. Yeah. I love that it still stays so close to your heart. So thank you so much for being part of this tonight. You're welcome. And I can't wait to hear it. Make sure you send it to me so I can post it on my socials. Yeah, right. for sure. Thank you so much. And thanks everyone that listened. This has been the So Weird Podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, guys. Be well. Have a good summer. And, you too. Um, and hopefully I'll see you at a show. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thank you.